Her Majesty the Queen sends her cordial regards and wishes you good day as you listen to the late night internet marketing podcast with your host, Sir Mark Mason, Lord of the Internet Realm. Episode 37, Old Chap. You can do it right when it's late at night. At the end of the day, a dream is burning inside. So keep it up and you will find that you build in your business one night at a time. You're listening to the MasonWorld.com Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast with your host, Mark Mason, building internet businesses one night at a time. <laughs> well, I hope everybody's doing absolutely fantastic. little fun with the queen there. No offense to my brothers on the other side of the pond there, but uh, I know uh, I really appreciate the queen taking the time to give us a shout out. I know she's been really busy with that whole Kate Middleton vacation photo thing. Very cool for her to find the time to say hello. You know, speaking of buzz content, there was a really excellent article by Lynn Terry the other day on clicknews.com. For those of you that don't know Lynn, she's a really special lady. She's been doing internet and particularly affiliate marketing for a long time. She's been on the podcast before and she's really a great person. You can find her over at clicknews.com. And her article was about this idea of link bait and taking advantage of buzz content. And I'll put a link to the article in the show notes. But basically, she argues that you can understand what the trends are, the current massive search traffic trends, by looking at Google Trends or News Pulse over at CNN or you know understanding what's being talked about on The View or looking at YouTube trends or even Twitter, what's trending twin, on Twitter, what is trending on Twitter. And you can get a good idea of kinds of hot keywords that you can target content towards. And I've, I've done this before, even on masonworld.com years ago when I was first getting started Google had an April Fool's, uh, you know, they always do their April Fool's thing. And I targeted some April Fool's keywords around the Google change at around midnight when it happened. And they pulled their April Fool's joke and I picked the right keywords and I got five or 6,000 visitors sort of overnight to what at that time was a very new blog. So you can definitely make that sort of thing happen. And she talks about all, all about how to do that and how to get that buzz traffic. Now, the trick is, what do you do with that traffic? A lot of times, the traffic's not worth much to you because it's not a good market-to-message match for you. It means that people were really looking for nude photos of Kate Middleton, and they ended up on an internet marketing blog. Um, that, you know, that doesn't really... In most cases, that's not going to help you too much. Um, but you can... You know, if you're clever, you can kind of figure out some ways to take advantage of that. My general advice is that if you've got, if you're able to capture buzz that's somehow related to your blog uh, or something that is normal for your audience, you want to go ahead and have an offer that's normal for you, uh, some some kind of conversion strategy there, whether it's converting to your opt-in or converting directly to an offer. But if you don't and you just want to try and take advantage of the traffic, sometimes AdSense will work. But this can be kind of fun to do is to you know try and find uh, find ways to take advantage of the buzz traffic. And you can read more about that uh, over at Lynn's post on Click News. And I will have a link to that in the show notes and you can check it out there. 
Well, one thing I wanted to go over today was uh, to start talking a little bit about the rebranding that's going on with the Mason World Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast. For lots of reasons, I'm in the process of changing the branding from away from Mason World to late night internet marketing.com late night im.com for short i'll have both domains um to be honest with you for a while there i was uh considering fat boy internet marketing because i got on the scale today and boy have i got a few pounds to lose um too many waterburgers for those of you that <laughs> have been listening to the last couple of episodes I've really got to start working on that. I may may actually uh, talk to you about that some more on a future podcast. But in any case, uh, I, I decided Fat Boy Internet Marketing was not really a very good choice because um, I I want to you know communicate more value in the brand. So late night internet marketing, I think, really goes directly to what the brand is about. I want to help people. Uh, most people who have a day gig who are trying to do something. Um, that my friend Farnoosh Brock calls a side hustle. Um, they've got a day job and they're trying to build internet businesses literally one night at a time and on weekends. That's what the brand's all about. And so I've got a new blog design uh, in the works. And if you haven't been following that on the Facebook fan page, you can check it out at masonworld.com slash Facebook. If you want to go to the directly to the post where I show a preview of the new site, you can go to masonworld.com forward slash rebranding, and that'll take you directly to the Facebook uh, page. I would love your comments on that. Um, and, you know, I'd love to understand exactly uh, exactly what you think about the new site, what your thoughts are about the brand, about how the site looks and so forth. Uh, I'd really appreciate that. I've gotten a lot of really great inputs. You'll see those on the Facebook fan page there. And it's neat to crowdsource this kind of thing to get inputs from your audience. And I think this is also an excellent affiliate marketing tip for you. Whenever you have an opportunity to engage your audience, whether it's by sharing a little piece of your life with them or by allowing them the opportunity to, to invest in your business by considering their opinion um, and using it somehow in your business. I think that's really smart because it creates a, a feeling of ownership. It creates a, you know, kind of a trust relationship between you and your audience, whether you're a podcaster or a blogger, or you're just running a website. If you've got a way to, to engage your audience, you, you should use it. Now, in my particular case, uh, that's not really my main motive. My main motive is there are a lot of people out there that have a lot better eye for design than I do, and you can get too close to these things. But one of the neat side effects is that you know if you're transparent with these things and you just tell people what's going on, they want to help you, and you can really build a, a business around that sort of trust and uh, that sort of relationship. It's It's relationship marketing at its finest. And I, encourage, I encourage you to do that with all of your um, affiliate endeavors as much as you possibly can. Another thing that I, I found in my inbox uh, this week that I wanted to share with you, Josh Balding just released uh, another report. This is kind of an interesting uh, story. Josh is pretty famous for writing these really valuable, relatively short and to the point. Josh is sort of a straight and to the point guy, no fluff he writes 30 and 40 page reports and usually sells them from anywhere between 27 and $47. I've bought many of them. In fact, one of the very first things that I bought from 
uh, in internet marketing in general was Josh's article marketing domination report. That's actually how I met Josh. His new report is called Rapid Niche Profits. And the cool thing is Josh decided to go ahead and give this thing away, which is really cool. I mean, he's trading an opt-in for it. So if you go over to rapidnicheprofits.com, that's not an affiliate link or anything. That's just a straight link to the site. You can give Josh your email address. And in exchange for your email address, Josh will explain to you how his strategy of building small niche sites is still working. Now, Josh, you know, he's been doing this famously for years and years and years. He had the $5 formula years ago, and he goes through and kind of shows you exactly what to do, how to pick the keywords. And a lot of the things that he teaches uh, in this report, and the reason I'm pointing it out to you, are you know 100% late night internet marketing uh, certified, meaning that I've done the stuff that Josh does. I still do it. Uh, all of his concepts that he presents in this report are very solid, and it's certainly worth a read. It's 30, 33 pages or 35 pages, something like that. It, it'll take you about 45 minutes to get through it in detail at most. And I, I highly recommend um, that you check that out and, and take advantage of Josh's uh, generous offer. Again, he was originally planning to sell it. He's decided to give it away for free. Uh, what, you know, what Josh gets out of it, obviously, is uh, your email address and a relationship with you because he's providing great value. That's his strategy. Um, his blog is over at ethicalim.com. That's the way he runs things. Uh, he's a real straight up guy, and I recommend him, and I recommend the report. Go check it out. So I want to give you one more update on the corn sheller site. So something interesting this week, I don't know if I've talked about this before. I was trying to remember. I've been using a a product called hittail.com. That's with two T's, hittail.com. And what hittail does is it analyzes your your keywords and, and it analyzes the search traffic that's coming to your blog and it suggests to you, based on its own analysis of those keywords, whether or not you should target them more heavily. And so every week you get this nice email from them. This is, hey, we've analyzed your search engine traffic, and uh, we recommend that you go target these five or seven or ten keywords. And one of the ways that the site is able to make money is you, with one click, you can art, order an article on that topic, which is really kind of convenient if you want to outsource some content they'll do it for you um it's neat because it gives you ideas about what to write about if you're one of these people who has trouble deciding what content to focus on but i haven't done a very uh, careful study of whether or not this is actually effective so the way it gets its seed list of keywords to consider is it's someone has to find you once using that keyword to get to your blog Once they find you once, maybe it's because you ranked 10th or ranked temporarily, or maybe someone was searching on page two, then it looks at the competition for that keyword and decides whether or not you could rank for it easily. So it doesn't help you find something that where, as far as I know, where no one has found you before. On the other hand, I don't know uh, about your websites, but my websites are full of 
thousands and tens of thousands of long tail keywords that I never have a chance to look at and optimize. So this is a really good idea. Um, uh, Pat Flynn has talked about this before in his site that he has on security guard training, where he shows you that some ginormous percentage of his total traffic comes from long tail keywords that are not security guard training, the main keyword. So this is a really, seems like a reasonable idea and I need to do a more careful study, but this week I, I took seven keywords and created seven new pages from Hittail. If you want to check out Hittail, you can check it out. Uh, of course, you can go directly to hittail.com. If you're interested in going through my affiliate link, you can go through go to masonworld.com forward slash hittail. That's uh, H-I-T-T-A-I-L. And check it out. It's pretty cool. And uh, I think you might find it interesting and it might show you some keywords that you never even really thought about looking at. So that brings us to one more website topic, and that is, of course, the topic of the snoring site. I have been hard at work uh, on the snoring site. Actually, that's not true. We set up this site with the goal of trying to have a fully automated website that we didn't spend much time on, but we were able to rank easily with. We picked a keyword using a fancy keyword tool that I like a lot, keyword canine over at masonworld.com forward slash KC. And we filled it up with automated content, which is essentially some pretty high quality PLR type content, relatively unique. And we sent some links to it with some fiber gigs and we sat back and I'm here to tell you that this site has crossed the four visitors per week barrier. I mean, we are talking about some serious live action on that site. So if we can find a way to convert those visitors at $1,000 per visitor, we will have a serious moneymaker on our hands. Uh, you know, you build these sites and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. And one thing that I do notice about this site is that while I bought the domain from a domain named registrar, I do see that the domain was previously owned. Now I do know that there are certain conditions under which previous ownership of a domain name can have a negative impact on Google's willingness to rank it. This is a domain flipping kind of question, and I am not an expert in the purchasing of old domains, but there are things that you look at, and maybe um, what I'll probably commit to doing here is I'll do some research on that. I have some materials on it. it has to do with you know how the link, how links have been um, built to the site in the past, how many times it's been flipped, who the owners have been, and so forth, and so. There is a checklist kind of thing that, that people who buy aged domain names go by when they're deciding what to buy. Now, I wasn't intentionally trying to buy an aged domain. Sometimes you do that in order to get page rank. Um, I bought a domain from the domain name registrar. I just didn't check. And so that could be one reason that I'm having trouble with this site. But another reason is just the fact that when, if you build 10 of these kind of cheesy sites like the corn sheller site or the snoring site, you will find that some percentage of them fail. And I think Josh, even in, in the report that I just mentioned earlier in today's podcast, I think he expects something on the order of only 60 to 70% of these sites to actually 
pan out. And so that's something that you need to be prepared for and and you need to expect that you're going to have some number of these micro niche sites actually fail and you just move on and don't worry about it. And the faster you fail, um, the faster that you can get onto something that works. And so that's a general true thing about internet marketing is it doesn't cost much to fail. I mean, what do we have invested in this site? Uh, you know, a handful of dollars. And we invested more money than we had to buying Fiverr gigs. So maybe you could argue that we have 30 or $40 wrapped up in this site. So if it fails, it fails. Now, I'm not willing to give up on it yet. I'm going to let it ride, but I probably won't talk about it for another month. And we'll kind of see what happens. But uh, we'll see if four visitors turns into eight and 16 and 32 and, you know, grows like that. I'm not counting on it, but I have put a ton of links against this site through through four or five Fiverr gigs. And so we'll see what we end up with uh, as we roll along uh, and until uh, sometime in later later in October we'll just let it ride and see what happens alright well on a related note that gets me to one of my favorite things in the whole world to do which is to take some feedback from a listener there's another corn sheller related question so I'll work it in here since we've been talking about websites this question comes from Jeremy in Minnesota and I'll just tell you This is one of my favorite things to do. I love the feedback from listeners. Thank you so much to all of you that have sent back in, sent feedback in. I'm working to get it all on the show, but I could use more. So pick up the phone and call me 214-444-8655 or leave me some feedback, some voice feedback using the speak pipe widget at masonworld.com. Either way, I want to hear your question and so does everybody else. So uh, bring it on. But for now, let's hear from Jeremy in the cold throws of minnesota hello mark my name is jeremy out of cold minnesota i had two questions for you today number one was uh my my three niche websites right now are not getting as much traffic as i would like and i've had them up for a few months now so i want to get your opinion on some backlinking strategies and what's working out there right now after penguin and i heard about your corn corn shellers website and also, I know about Pat Flynn's backlinking strategy that works. And I want to see what else was uh, what people were using out there uh, to get more traffic, uh, since Penguin does not like, you know, too many uh, links at one time and, and things like that. So that was one thing. Also, wanted to see what your opinion was on uh, if a template could have an effect on your website, because I'm using the same template for those three niche websites that are not getting a lot of traffic. So. Uh, if you could answer those, I'd very much appreciate it. And again, uh, very much appreciate everything you do. Really enjoy the show, and I don't miss an episode. So thank you very much. <laughs> Minnesota, I love it. Thank you, Jeremy. I really appreciate the two questions. Let me see what I can do with them. I love Minnesota, but I've only been there in the summer, and I've been to Wisconsin quite a bit more, which is you know next door. It's an amazingly beautiful part of the country if you've never been there. I remember the first time I went there, I was every bit of 18 years old. And being from Texas, I'd never really seen anything like that. I mean, it's it's truly God's country full of grass and rolling hills and cows, and it's just beautiful. And you can learn everything that you need to know about Minnesota by listening to Prairie Home Companion, which is Garrison Keillor's NPR show. 
it's a fantastic example of what can be accomplished with radio. And if you want to hear more about Minnesota, I uh, definitely encourage you to, to check that out. So let's get to Jeremy's question. So Jeremy has a couple of questions, one about his templates and whether or not they're okay. And another question about post Panda, post Penguin, and whether or not the backlinking strategy that works still works. That's the, This is the outstanding article in on Pat Flynn's site where he talks about how he built backlinks to his um, security guard training site to get started. And just, you know, kind of what should we be doing about backlinks? And so I want to address that question. And I also want to address uh, something that uh, Jeremy says in the question. He says... In, he talks about the this penguin era in in which we, we know he says something like we know penguin is not uh, happy if you build backlinks too quickly the link velocity as we say is too high and I, I that you know one disclaimer here is that nobody actually knows exactly what's in these algorithms except for Google so I have an opinion and other people have opinions but my observation is that a lot of people that are talking about Penguin and Panda on the internet are, first of all, they're fear mongers. And the second thing is they don't really know what they're talking about in the sense that they don't use data to support their positions. So the data that I've seen, I mean, I'm an engineer by training, so my reaction to anything that comes out of anyone's mouth is, okay, that's a great opinion, show me the data. And the data is limited and it's hard to take, but the data that I've seen suggests very strongly that one of the main things that Penguin pays attention to is the over-optimization of the anchor text of your backlink. So we've talked about this a little bit in previous episodes, and I, I'm not trying to split hairs or mince words here with Jeremy. I just want to make sure that everybody's clear that at least as far as I understand from the data that I've been able to see that others have published mostly is that one of the things that, that Penguin really focuses on is if you if your backlinks all have exactly the same anchor text or that anchor text is over a certain percentage that and it's exactly the same over that percentage, then they will recognize that as some SEO going out and building backlinks. They'll assume that's what happened and they will reduce the importance of those links accordingly. They'll reduce the the significance, the weight that those links have on your ranking. That's the supposition. Panda is a little different, as we've discussed before. That's actually a person's name uh, in, in uh, Google who came up with an algorithm to teach machines how to recognize crappy websites. So that's a little separate thing. And then there's a third thing where... Google apparently went around and targeted identification of blog networks. These are these farms of phony blogs where people pay money to have websites in those farms link back to their website. And a lot of times those are comprised of junk content, but you get backlinks out of it. And so those are kind of the three things that have happened lately. And then in that latter case with the blog farms, what Google did apparently was they made they de-indexed those blog farm blogs, and that meant that those links that were going to your site, if you were using that strategy, just simply disappeared. Now that makes it looks look like your site was penalized, but I personally think what really happens there is 
those links are no longer in your profile. They don't count, and therefore your competition is outranking you because they have uh, better links than you do. You have fewer than you had because some are gone, and so your site drops. It looks like a penalty, but actually what it is is just a recalculation of your link juice that takes into consideration that you were using these crappy links that are now gone. So those are the three things. So what I would say is it's it's my observation that with the exception of the use of blog networks, which are being targeted and de-indexed, and the over-optimization of anchor text, all the linking strategies that used to work still work. I think that's true without exception. I think article marketing still works. I think which you know there's it's hard for me to understand exactly why that's the case but it looks to me like article marketing still works it looks to me like uh, link directories still work it looks to me like all these things still work as long as you vary the anchor text even blog networks that have not been discovered still seem to be working seo is not dead and not to beat a, a, a horse to death but um, you know, Josh in his report, he comes to the same conclusion in this report that I just mentioned 20 minutes ago. He comes to exactly the same conclusion that all this stuff is still working. So it's my contention that what Pat Flynn uh, argues for in the backlinking strategy that still works, what I've been talking about, all that stuff still works in general. And you can just keep doing that. Now, nothing is better than writing killer content that people link to from all over the web and you know you get natural backlinks that way and that's what google intends nothing's better than that but if you're going to build links which the you know you you accept whatever risk is associated with that all of the things that you used to do to build links that I've previously mentioned, plus guest blogging and website commenting, they all have various degrees of effectiveness. And my personal opinion is still the best thing to do is to mix all that stuff together and build links at some kind of reasonable rate. Now, what that rate is, that's even harder to understand what the data says about that. I personally have never seen myself personally a site where I built links to it too fast, and then sometimes I have seen it go down, but it always seems to come back. So I don't know exactly what that means, and certainly it's not definitive. I haven't built millions of sites, but unless you're going to put 100,000 links on a brand new blog, I don't really think that's a first-order concern. If you're talking about you know hundreds or thousands of links it takes so long to get those indexed and figured out and so forth. The article directories to get approved, they seem to arrive at a natural rate. I don't think it's a big deal. Just don't go crazy. Build links over time and you'll be fine. So that's, I think, the answer to that is what used to work still works and just keep doing it and try to build as many real links as you can um, and use, if you're going to use automated linking tools, diversify those as best you can and diversify the anchor text. Okay, so then the other question that Jeremy asks, which is a really good one, is could it be my template? And the answer is absolutely, it could be. If you have a template that has poor SEO and you are personally doing a poor job of on-page SEO for whatever reason, maybe you haven't gotten around to it, maybe you need to study it some more, whatever the deal is, um, and if you're not using um, some kind of plugin to fix your on-page SEO, the one I recommend is the Yoast 
WordPress SEO plugin, which is free. Um, if you're not doing those things, then yeah, you could have bad on-page SEO, and that can definitely affect your rankings. And so I recommend that you look at that. And basically, on-page SEO, as we've talked before, comes down to some very, very simple things. Now, uh, the Yoast plugin will will solve a lot of these for you, but basically, fundamentally, what you need first order is you need to make sure that your keyword appears in your title tag. And you need to make sure that that keyword and related words are in the article, in the in the H1 and H2 tags, the header tags that divide the sections of the blog post. They need to be in there. Um, and you need to make sure that the keywords and related keywords are in the anchor text that are pointing back to the page. Um, and if your blog is is jacked up, if you got a free template from somewhere, I have seen cases reported where um, that can have an SEO impact because of the way the HTML is coded. And there are a lot of details there about where you include the content in the template. Is it the front of the template or the back of the template? How are the title tags defined? Do you put the blog name in the title tag? All this kind of stuff. Yoast SEO sort of takes care of all that, and you don't even really need to worry about it so much. So that's what I recommend there. Um, as far as what I use, what I use is the thesis theme. I have a developer's license for the thesis theme, and I use... Um, uh, the Yoast SEO plugin, and what I'm going to turn on on late night internet marketing blog uh, at latenightim.com when I get that up and running is the new Yoast video SEO plugin. So both of these two things, the thesis theme and the uh, Yoast um, video plugin, they're relatively expensive items. Thesis costs almost $100 for a single license and almost $200 for a developer's license. And uh, the Yoast SEO plugin um, is free, but the Yoast video plugin, the video SEO plugin costs on the order of 80 bucks. So these things aren't cheap um, and you don't, you don't have to have them. Um, Thesis is great, but it's not required. You can use the built-in, um, themes or some, you know, reasonably good themes, some cheaper options from Woo themes, for example, they have pretty good SEO and you can apply the Yoast SEO plugin and you'll probably be just fine. So don't run out uh, saying, hey, Mark told me to go by thesis. It will solve all my SEO problems. That's not what I'm saying. It is constructed incredibly well for SEO, in my opinion, but you don't have to have that. Um, just make sure you're using the Yoast plugin and it's fine. Some of you will say, hey, I'm using the all-in-one SEO plugin. Is that okay? Sure, that's fine. As long as you've got these things configured properly, it's going to be fine. Again, I prefer Yoast for several reasons, um, and, and that's the one I recommend. But if you want to use the all-in-one SEO pro plugin or if that's already what you're using, that's great too. No issue there. So, uh, Jeremy, I, I hope that answers your questions, and I uh, really, really appreciate the call. Again, if you have an internet marketing question, I want to hear from you. Stop what you're doing right now and call me at 214-444-8655. I will really appreciate it, and I'll thank you publicly right here on the Mason World Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast. 
Okay, well, that's going to wrap it up today. I really appreciate it. We'll be back on the air at our normal time next Thursday. So watch for me and uh, watch for my transition from masonworld.com to latenightinternetmarketing.com or latenightim.com. Both of those will work, and uh, we'll be looking forward to seeing you. Thanks. Well, hey, you know what that sound means. Another show in the can. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. I really appreciate it. And always remember what I always remember, which is what Zig Ziglar had to say. You can get everything in life that you want by getting other people what they want. Thank you for listening to the Mason World Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast. Got some thoughts about today's episode? Drop Mark a line at masonworld.com or call his digital feedback line at 214-444-8655. Most of all, have an awesome day. You've been working for somebody else But you want a business to run yourself You want to know how to start and where to begin Can you get out your comfort zone, my friend? Yes, you can do it right when it's late at night At the end of the day, your dreams burning inside So keep it up and you will find that you Okay, one of these days I'm going to have to publish a video of me playing air guitar during the outro. Actually, air drums. Air drums during the outro. Um, that'll be good for a laugh. I heard of something funny on <laughs> on Twitter. I had to share this with you. Or on TV. Sorry, on TV. Um, Twitter is for stupid people. And so if that's true, then Instagram must be for stupid people who can't read. <laughs> I like that. I thought that was good. All right. You guys have a great one. We'll talk to you in a few days. Hey, it's Mark again. I wanted to tell you one more time about this absolutely free resource that I have for helping people who are trying to get the big picture for internet marketing actually get started and understand what all their choices are. If that's not you, there's no more content. You can skip to the end. But if you're someone who came to this podcast because you're searching for how to get started online and you just can't cut through all the noise. I get it. That was me in 2007 when I was trying to get started. There were so many people throwing offers at me that I really couldn't even understand what all the different business models were. I couldn't understand how money moved around on the internet and I couldn't really get a grip on what direction I wanted to go in so I could figure out how to move forward. I've created a free video resource for you just for that purpose at latenightim.com forward slash explain. In several short videos, I just explained to you what internet marketing is all about and what online business is all about and the different options that you have for starting an online business. There's nothing to buy there. You just sign up for access and you get the videos just like that. So if that's interesting to you, or if you know someone who's in a same situation, send them that link, latenightim.com forward slash explain, and let me know what you think. I'd love to hear what people are thinking that are in the exact same position that I was in 
more than a decade ago in 2007. In some ways, it seems like yesterday. And in some ways, it seems like an entire lifetime ago. Again, that's latenightim.com forward slash explain. Late night internet mind. 